Welcome to episode 48 of the Paul Norton podcast. Now, today's podcast is a very different kind of podcast in a sense that I was joined by the amazing Orla O'Flaherty. Now, this is two part series. We done an episode a few weeks ago and we dived into hormones, birth control, all that kind of stuff. But then we also start talking about sex and stuff like that. And I think it's it's such a big taboo topic that no one really talks about. So in this episode of the Paul Norton podcast, we're going to be talking all things sex and sex related and stuff like that. And it's a little bit different, but I think it's important too to to have this conversation about sex and, and different stuff. So really hope you enjoy this podcast and as always if you liked it if it's made sense please share it send it to your friends because i know this is going to help so many people as well because sex is a topic that no one really wants to speak about when it comes to all that kind of stuff so as always hope you enjoy i my my sunday sex box is what i call it now yeah. i haven't done it yet this year i, I <laughs> Did it all last year and I, I'm yet to start it. So I'll have to do it this Sunday, actually. I'll have to do my Sunday sex box this week. Um, for me, I find that I'd get so many. So I do Q&As <clears throat> every Tuesday and Thursday on um, on Instagram. And then I was getting so many questions in around sex and people being so afraid to ask the questions around sex. And it was so much easier for them to ask in a question box because it's completely anonymous Mm. and my main thing in life is my motto in life is don't judge it's like just hold an open space for people to ask the question if you can have a safe place to go where you can ask any random question about sex about anything then you know for me I feel like I'm doing something important um, in Ireland, unfortunately, sex, it's still such a taboo subject. And like even talking about it, pe- people are just they're they're in shock. And I'm like, but everyone has these questions. Like everyone has these questions. And like I've got fertility clients and uh, like partners coming to me. And it's like, right, we need to get you talking about sex because this it's you're not going to get pregnant until you start having sex and you start talking about sex Mm. and for me I just want to normalize it so like yeah you can ask me the most random questions about sex and if I can answer it I will answer it um I think sex is such a huge part of our lives that it's I feel that it's not that it's overlooked but there's there seems to be a missing piece for people and they think that sex is now this isn't everyone but in kind of catholic ireland it's sex is for procreation it's to conceive to have kids Mm. whereas for me sex is something that brings immense joy and pleasure and connection and intimacy um like now in saying all that i've had to go through my own journey over the last two years of sexual healing I've experienced sexual trauma over the years and it took me I've gone down many different avenues of trying to heal that I to heal those aspects of myself and I think it'll forever be part of my journey is going deeper and deeper in those layers of healing that sexual side to me but for me what I have come to realize is that with sex 
with someone that you trust and someone that you care about it brings huge intimacy and like I've had experiences I've had amazing experiences where it was like I felt like I was actually high I felt like I was tripping I was hallucinating it was and that and that was just purely from a deep connection with someone and it felt very spiritual then I've had sex that's just been massively pleasurable and exciting and fun then I've had sex where I've we've just laughed the whole way through and that is in itself is fun like it doesn't have to be this robotic thing but when it comes to sex the main thing is communication you Mm. have to talk to your partner you know you have to sit down and be like right you know did you like that or what is it that you prefer is there anything that you'd like to try what I always say to people is that always ask always have these conversations outside of the bedroom don't do it in the bedroom um like go for I find anyway um like the best way to get to know someone is either going for a long walk or a long drive um so like go off for a walk with your partner and just bring it in organically bring bring up the topic of conversation organically and ask them something as simple as you know do you have any kinks or is there anything that you'd like to try and I but I get it I get in saying that it's it can be terrifying going to your partner because you're being put into a really vulnerable, Mm. you feel really vulnerable and that fear of rejection or being ridiculed or they're, they're all very real fears, but I feel to get that deeper intimate connection with your partner, you have to take that risk. You, You have to risk it. And what I always say to people is that no matter what risk you're taking, you just need 30 seconds of courage. Just take 30 seconds, breathe, grab onto that courage and then ask the question. And you'd be once you open up that dialogue and that space, that safe space, Mm. your life can change massively, especially when it comes to sex. Probably so much pressure on like on women, like I suppose when it comes to even like like they say trying to orgasm, like not many women can orgasm. Mm. And again, that's something probably a lot of people don't know about is like because then they might look at you know, oh, let's look at porn to see this, this porn to see all this magical stuff happen. But then happens is then they go away and then, you know, she'll feel bad because she can't do the same as that. So like, I suppose when it comes to like female, you know, orgasms, it's not a common thing, is it? You know, like what is porn? Porn mm. isn't real. Mm. It's staged. Do you know, it's that's not real. It's all fantasy. It's all staged um but yeah there there can be pressure put on to women to perform there's also pressure put on men to perform as well but what we have to realize is that we have to take that image of porn as being reality away because it's not real it's staged so looking at what it is that you like as a woman because like you said the female orgasm (laughs) it's like a myth (laughs) and like it, it can take years and years and years for a woman to even get the capacity to be able to orgasm because they've never been given the chance when the male male pleasure and female pleasure are two completely different things Mm. and really what we're looking at for women is a lot of the time it is psychological like you have to be able to let go you have to be fully relaxed um something that a lot of guys so i'm going to ruin any guy's ego now um with this one but if for any woman listening, if she's been told by any man that, oh, 
geez, you're, you're really tight. You're too tight or, um, God, you're tight. That's amazing. And it's like, the reason she's tight is because she's not comfortable. It's like the more comfortable you are, the more mucus secretions you have. And then your cervix is actually pulled up and there's more room made when you're not comfortable, everything closes down. So for any men listening, the next time that you're with a woman and you think she's really tight and it's great, rethink that please. And go down there and give her a bit of pleasure. Like we need to be eased into these things. We need time and gentle pressure. And again, communication, ask someone, do you like what I'm doing? Can I change it? Because as well, when we're looking at the female anatomy, the clitoris has 8,000 nerve ending nerve endings on it. It's the, it's the only part of the body that has that many nerve endings, but it's all the clitoris is also the only part of the human anatomy that is designed purely for pleasure. There is no other reason for the clitoris other than pleasure. There's nothing on the male anatomy that is designed purely for pleasure because the penis is multifunctional. Do you know, the clitoris is the only part of the human anatomy for pleasure and it has 8,000 nerve endings on it. So what I will say, if there are any men listening, go low and go slow. Like take your time. Women need, we need to be prepared. And you'll know by the likes of if she, like like even the terminology, if she's wet, but like, you know, if if she has proper lubrication um, and like that just if that whole too tight sorry it's it's not that you have a big member it, it's that she's not comfortable enough i feel like there's a lot of stigma around and this is this is something that probably i've heard a lot as i there's a lot of stigma around like you know if a woman masturbates and a male masturbates it's nearly okay for male to masturbate but not not um for women to masturbate and that's yeah. something that i feel that it's, it's just a stigma around and you know, I'm not sure what your thoughts on that, but <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, I'm constantly talking about female pleasure and masturbation on uh, on my Instagram, um, as I like to call it, self love, because unfortunately, as a woman, if I use the term masturbation, I, I get blocked. Um, which is funny if for a man to use it on Instagram, they don't get blocked. It's very interesting, really. Jeez. But yeah, hundred uh, percent, I recommend every woman go down the route of masturbating. Um, getting it's getting to know your own body and getting to know what you like. Because how do you expect another person to give you pleasure when you don't know what you like Mm. and you don't know how to get yourself off? If you don't know these things, we can't expect someone else to be a mind reader and to know what to do. Um, When it comes to masturbation, it's it's not just, yeah, it's for pleasure, but it's also it's that connection to yourself. It's that intimacy between you and you. And it's getting to know your body. It's also great for de-stressing. Um, it releases dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin. Um, it's like when we're looking at the, like say energy wise. So like through an orgasm, that's where our creative energy is formed. Um, that's down in our sacral chakra. And it's the same for men, like through ejaculation, that's where the creative energy comes from. So like what I always say to anyone who's a writer or who creates for a living, And if you have a block, it's like, go, go off, take a few hours for yourself and and have at it and just let yourself completely de-stress from it, but then see what comes in then. So like, yeah, women go masturbate. That's, that's really good to hear because no one says that. Like you never, anyone said it, like nearly found upon to do that, isn't it? Oh, which is ridiculous. And then like, 
I, again, it is that taboo, but it's the taboo because of women. Um, it's I'm not going to get into the whole argument over the patriarchy and everything like that um, because it's it is what it is. But over the years, it's really since the Catholic Church, um, women have been put down and classed as dirty and sinful and uh, anything got to do with women and sex was uh, was shameful. And there's so much shame around women and pleasure and sex. Um, and even when you look at the likes of uh, if a guy goes out now, I've had this conversation with a really good friend of mine recently and um, it was enlightening for me. But the the concept of, you know, a guy goes off, has sex with how many women and he's he's classed as a hero. But if a woman does it, she's classed as a slut. She's completely slut shamed. And I I really wanted to know like what's why is that and so from my perspective from history of women and and females it's purely just to it was to keep women down and keep them in their place and like it even says it in the bible like if you sleep with a woman who's bleeding um you're dirty for the next seven days and you have to go and have your sins washed away which is fucking crazy and so like this isn't the bible so like it, it does go back to the a lot of it to the Catholic Church. Um, but then it's if we go back pre-Christianity and we actually look at how sex was used and how the female pleasure was used. And there's a fantastic book that it's like my own Bible. It's called The, the Sacred Prostitute. Um, and it goes into the history of uh, female sexuality, but the power that women can have through sexuality and through so there there were women who were known as say priestesses who men would come to and to learn about sex and to experience sex in a spiritual sense then as well going back to pre-christian times we're, we're looking at how what what would be called an orgy but they were sacred sexual practices and sacred sexual rituals um, and not just between men and women, but between men and women and women and women and men and men. And the, these things were all normal. There was no shame around them. There was no sin around them. It was this was their sacred practice and this was their ritual. Um, so when we go back far enough and we see what sex actually does, as in creating that intimate connections between people but also creating that intimate connection with yourself but also that creative energy and that creative power and that for some people this is going very woo woo now Paul um but for some people it's that direct link to source be that god buddha universe whatever it is that you believe in but it it's that divine connection through sacred sexuality I think as you get older maybe you know, I find this that when you get older, when you have sex with someone, it means a lot more than when you're like, you know, 17. When you get older, if you're with someone, having sex is more so, not just to feel good, but it's more so to have, to feel that connection, to be close to someone. Whereas when you were 17, just like, you know, do it for the crack. But when you get older, it's like you do it to actually feel close to someone rather than like just mm -hmm. what it feels like afterwards. That's something that you think is, that's what happens? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, Like when we're younger, it's kind of like, 
we're doing it just to do it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for me anyway, over my, so I'm 35, like I'm not going to get into what my number is, but anyway, uh, but out of my number, the, there's less than a handful of say partners that I've had where I could say that was absolutely amazing but that was because of the intimate connection that we had mm-hmm. and we built on it and everything um over time but when you're younger it's it is to do it just basically to do it but once you actually have a, a real connection with someone it changes the game completely I feel for me anyway um and for a lot of other people um but then as well like even say during the pandemic, something that I saw a lot of, well, say for me, like my sex drive went through the roof during the first lockdown and like I was crawling the walls. Uh, I, I I couldn't think of anything other than getting off constantly. Like there, there was some days I was going five, six times a day, which is fucking crazy. I know this, um, but I, I got to a stage where I was, I had to question myself. I was like, what is going on here? And then one day I got to a point where I was bored of it. I was like, oh, I'm fucking... I was like, I'm horny, but I'm fucking, I don't want to do this. I'm bored. And then I was like, okay, what's that about? And then I realized that it wasn't the the orgasm I was looking for. It was that connection with another human being I needed. And I was lacking touch. I was oxytocin, oxytocin deficient. I was completely lacking touch and intimate affection and that connection with another human being. And so I ended up doing like this massive research on, t- I went on to Tinder and started fucking swiping right on everyone. And I was like, <laughs> I'm doing market research. I was like, why are you on this? Are you looking for sex? Is it, are you missing someone? Um, were you on it before the pandemic or was it just when you, be- just when the pandemic hit? The majority of the people or the guys, they only went on it when the pandemic hit. And yes, you couldn't actually meet anyone. But it was so it was the connection that people were looking for. It's not really the sex. And what we can look at then as well, say, looking long term, is that if you look at someone who goes out every weekend and shows banging a different person every weekend, um, and or even a few people during the week, whatever, is it that they were really looking just for the physical release of an orgasm? Or are they actually missing human connection I think that's a big question for everyone to ask themselves Uh, and for some people it is they just love that physical release and that's great do it but if you're using sex as a mask for that lack within you if you're craving sex all the time is it more that you're craving sex or you're craving connection and just just tipping that as well don't hold you up too long but you know let's say you know, let's say male and female, let's say um, um, a man and woman, a man goes out, has sex with different people, and let's say a woman does exact, you know, the exact same, but then is there a case that, let's say, you know, you might get a connection off, let's say, me, and you'd want to keep on that connection, and the male then would go from, keep on going from one to one to one. Is there, like, mm-hmm. any link between, like, that why, let's say, a woman might, let's say, sleep with Paul here, and then, you know, she wants to keep on sleeping with Paul, Whereas mm-hmm. the male or the, the lad then will just keep on going like different, keep on going, going to going to going. It's like it's like doing a more ego thing. Whereas then, mm. or let's say a woman will do more, you know, to kind of have that feel close to someone. Is there any like link to between that or not really? That's just something I'm making up. No, 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 there is. Like when 
like men and women we're two completely different creatures we are like men are from mars women are from venus it is a fact mm. um when well that's not a fact that we are from these different planets you <laughs> know what i mean um we are different creatures mm. so for women when women have sex and we orgasm it's now it's the same both men and women produce oxytocin but women produce way more oxytocin than men and oxytocin is the love hormone so it's that hormone that connects us to another partner yes men do create it as well but not in as much volume as what women do and then as well when we're looking at and this is an actual thing oh should i go down this road now so yes. then there's there's also like post-nut syndrome and i'd heard of post-nut syndrome uh, I've I'd heard of it loads of times. So, What's have you that? heard of po- okay? So post nut syndrome. So for men, when after a man has ejaculated, orgasmed, whatever, mm. his attraction to that woman right there and then can completely disappear. And it's they don't know if they actually have an attract. They they feel like they they're attracted to to a woman and they they enjoy their company and everything. But then once they nut, that attraction can go it doesn't happen all the time it can happen at in different stages of people's lives and i'd heard of it and i i'd done some reading into it over the years because i found it fascinating um but then i experienced it for the first time uh six seven months ago and i i was baffled i was like this is crazy i have never experienced anything like this in my life so i was with this man and someone I was very comfortable with and I was I remember talking to a friend and I said to them I was like oh my god I'm so happy like I mentioned earlier I've had to do an awful lot of work around sexual healing and everything and I was like I I'm back I was like I'm back I I didn't have a massive panic attack I didn't freak out I didn't go into crazy mode internally and I was like it was great and then he just turned into a fucking dickhead (laughs) I was like I know he just experienced post-nut syndrome but I've never experienced that in my life. I've never actually had it. So it was good for me to be able to view it from, from outside. Um, so yeah, for men and women, women do create more oxytocin and men, unfortunately, there can be that element of post-nut syndrome too. Yeah, kind of, that's probably, that sounds a bit, yeah, that, I probably think I've done that as well. That's mad, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. linked, like there's been times where that's happened. And I suppose then, just kind of finish off near, nearly then, when it looks like, let's say couples looking to because this happens so often is i don't really believe in this honeymoon period thing i think like yeah it's a thing but i don't think that i should be that you know asher the honeymoon period was great for three months now we've just all gone to shit or you know we're married now the sex dries up i don't really that that shouldn't really be a thing so how does like couples you know get back into have a healthy sex life because it shouldn't be a case that he dates someone and sex is great for five months then it's like asher we're not going to have sex now for four months because the honeymoon period it shouldn't be like for me personally i feel mm-hmm. like that every week should be the exact same like when you date someone from the beginning it shouldn't be all like full fire full forward and then dries off after three months it should be like consistency so what would be your like views on people just having a healthy relationship if it dries up you know how to keep the flame going all that kind of stuff mm. so like they're hormonally wise there is the honeymoon period and again that's due to the release of dopamine and oxytocin mm. um so that can usually last up to around eight it can last anywhere from like i said three so from three to 18 months that can last where you have these surges 
And then we're looking into we're looking into relationships Then we're looking at the different stages of relationships. And but when it comes to sex life in a long term committed relationship, it's it can't stay up at the honeymoon period all the time because life does get in, in the way. But you have a choice on whether or not you let it completely fade out or you work on it. And again, it comes back to communication. And there's one thing in relationships, like there's always going to be rupture uh, within relationships. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have big ass arguments that really break shit down. And you could be on the brink of, oh, I don't know if this is ever going to, if we're ever going to come back from this. But within ruptures, afterwards you have repair. And when you have a rupture and repair, it deepens a connection and a bond between two people. And you can go through all these ruptures without fully repairing. And then the likes of the the sex drive or the sex life does go down because as well, we have to look at, again, men and women are different. We're different creatures. Women need to feel emotionally safe for them to even want to have sex. Men, on the other hand, if they're stressed, they need to have sex. And that's an evolutionary response to the stress response. So if there's shit going on within the relationship that you're not talking about, that you're not repairing, it is going to dwindle down into your sex life. So you do have to go through, when you go through a rupture process, you have to go through a full repair process. And then if there is, if that's not even part of it, if there is no rupture repair, whatever, if just life is getting busy and life is getting in the way and you're too tired and the kids are screaming and da, 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 da. Again, you have a choice. You have a choice to let it dwindle off or to come together as a couple and talk about it. At the end of the day, it's communication is what's going to save any relationship, be it a sexual relationship or not. You have to be willing and open to talk about things and sex it's it's basically use it or lose it you know if if you're not having it you're not going to want it the more you have it the more you end up wanting it but you have to be able to have that open communication between people that's true and even like doing experimenting is quite healthy too and like using like sex toys kind of all that stuff is probably just a lot of people don't do that because a lot of people will feel like that using sex toys is like dirty or you know it's not yeah and as well like when we're looking at relationships too there there's always there's how we view our partners so for a lot of men what can happen is that when they first start so as women we have different archetypes we have the the mother the maiden or sorry the the mother the the mother the maiden and the crone not the crone the mother the maiden and the whore um so when we first get into relationships and it's all exciting and everything like you and you don't know how things are going with a partner or you, you just start having sex, you just start out and you're having sex and it's amazing and it's exciting and it's new and it's fresh. You're kind of you're the female partner then is kind of in that quote unquote whore element where you feel like you can have this excitement with them. And then as the relationship furthers and you become really committed to each other it becomes the maiden and the maiden is someone who is young and pure and it it can be hard to have both in the one person. And then if your relationship furthers even more and you end up having children together, then she's now the mother. She's the mother of your child and you, you view her as a mother and 
you can no longer see her as this exciting um, sex deviant that you want her to be or that she quote unquote used to be. Mm. Um, but and that that's all psychological. So it is and it really is the, the mother and the horror complex and trying to navigate through that for couples who do have kids and who are long term committed and everything. Um, and really, it, it's looking at how is it that you can bring the excitement back and for me what I do say to people is bring toys back in and like I have clients in the past and they've been like oh no I can't you know they won't I I don't think they'd be into that now and it's like well you don't know until you ask um but toys are a fantastic way of spicing things up and even the likes of talking about your fantasies or even the likes of talking about porn together and maybe maybe just maybe opening up the concept of actually watching some porn together no it doesn't have to be hardcore there, there's some porn out there that is really hardcore and just like really <laughs> is there any need for that like but th- there is other porn that is much nicer to watch and for women in particular like I think what is it 85 percent of women who watch porn will watch lesbian porn because it's more sensual and because women want that women want sensuality mm. um so even open up the conversation with your partner about watching a, a porn episode together like porn doesn't have to be disgusting it's it's a tool that you can use just to spice things up a bit and then the age too isn't it like you know and it shouldn't be like a case that you can only have sex size if you're 20 or 30 it should be like that even if you're 40 50 like sex like your sex life should be like the bees knees and i think there's there's just so much stigma around like you know, you can't have sex size and lube or vibrators or all this kind of stuff or strap on. You can't have anything because it's, it's deemed like, oh, you must be really dirty and filthy. And it just needs to be more, more normalized, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like I remember with um, with a partner of mine before and we <laughs> we had what was we didn't name it the bottom drawer, but somebody was in the bedroom looking for something and they opened up the bottom drawer and what they found, they just came downstairs and were like, what the fuck is in that drawer? What is wrong with you? And we're like, well, we've got a healthy sex life and we like to explore and we like to do these things together. There's nothing wrong with it. And then I remember I was at a powerlifting competition and I was on the platform just about to do my deadlift and someone roars up bottom drawer and I was like, you fucking bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I'm completely bombed out then just from laughing. Um, But yeah, it's, 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 it's the stigmatism that other people put on it. But if you're comfortable with it and you and your partner are comfortable with it, that's all that matters. It's like, who, who gives a shit what someone else thinks? Oh, and again, again, not to drag on, but I think, I suppose, a lot of things, not that cheating is definitely, cheating, if you're cheating, it's shit. When, like, you often wonder, like, when people cheat is, you know, you know, the cheating, the blame always, I cheat because my sex life is all this, was shit and all this stuff. But yeah, they won't actually talk to their partners. And I feel like if there was more kind of talk about all that stuff and as you say use more sex size and spice up the sex like that you know they'd be a lot more happier where they are in the current situations and stuff like that mm. yeah well no I do I feel like mm, cheating is a very complex thing so it is um it, it, it's not as black and white nothing in life really is black and white there's gray areas and everything um but I feel a lot of infidelities can be prevented um if people could only come and sit down and talk about their problems percent and then just just to finish up then what would be your um top or even like you probably your two best um questions you've got on your sex box that you can think of off top of your head if you oh, think of the two best sex questions i've been given um 
one it's not even that it was a, a great question but I was just I was delighted that someone a woman asked it was about masturbation like tr- she was trying to work through the stigmatism of, of masturbation um and I thought that was fantastic um and then another one was a woman uh, another woman asking if watching lesbian porn made her a lesbian and I was like no it doesn't make you a lesbian and, and anyway that's just a label that we all put on ourselves if you go back to to ancient Greece like the the saunas like the they were there for for men to to go and have fun like when we look at the story of Troy Achilles and Patroclus they weren't cousins they were lovers um but it's it's the modern day post Catholic church stigma that puts all these labels on people and calling it sinful and shameful it's not it's two human beings connecting and like I said most women 85% of women like watching lesbian porn because it's more sensual and that's what we like 100% that was um, amazing that was nearly like that was just a good podcast to talk about everything that was really good but thanks for coming on it was really really no bother thanks a million for having me I love talking about all that anyway so you're the first person to actually um ask me anything around this xbox and all that so i'm absolutely delighted <laughs> i'm sure we'll definitely um definitely do it again sometime any yeah. other podcast this is number three that was really good though thanks for coming on oh thanks a million for having me i really appreciate it but i'm so sorry though i do have to run because i have to go pick up my niece from school so i do now <laughs> uh, 